A reading from Hebrews 11, beginning at verse 32. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released, so that they might again, might gain an ever better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, firstly, I'd like to thank your rector, Andrew, for his invitation to be with you and share in your service of remembrance on this most solemn of days. It is indeed lovely to be here with you this morning. This is my little GoPro Hero camera. It's quite small. Can anyone see that? Familiar with one of these little things? 
This is a little device that you can mount, well, really anywhere you wish, uh, on the dash of your car, on my crash helmet, or wherever, and it records whatever it sees. Anything that you can think of, this will record. And sometimes I wish there had been such a little hero camera in the first century AD, for then we might have had live action footage of real heroes, heroes whose lives changed the world. But since there weren't, the writer of Hebrews tries to capture those heroes with the written word. Let me read a few verses of our reading again. Jephthah of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. That's quite a roll call, isn't it? Those folks were what we might call real action heroes. They had what we might call today an extreme lifestyle. These were men and women who looked into the face of torture and death and did not flinch. They were not always victorious in this world, but they were heroes just the same, real-life heroes, rather like the heroes that we remember today, the members of our armed forces the Royal Ulster Constabulary, the Ulster Defence Regiment, the Royal Irish Regiment, and the Police Service of Northern Ireland. Hebrews 11 is sometimes called the faith chapter. And when you think about it, faith by its very nature is heroic. You and I in our daily lives don't know what tomorrow may bring, but we go forward. We step out in faith, trusting that God will be with us. And that reading from Hebrews gives us just some examples of courageous, uncompromising, heroic faith in the face of incredible odds. It is, of course, entirely appropriate that we remember the faith of that great cloud of witnesses. It's also entirely appropriate that we gather today to remember and reflect on those latter-day heroes, those who have been martyred in the cause of freedom. We remember 
today not only those who have been killed, but also those who bear the scars, the effects of war and conflict. And we gather today not only to remember, but also to recommit. If we walk away from this service and let Remembrance Day pass without a stronger resolve to end conflict and wars, well then our remembering will have been in vain. So we are gathered here this morning both to remember and to recommit. We remember those especially who made the ultimate sacrifice for the nation. Some were instilled with a profound sense of patriotism and beauty. For many, it was perhaps their first time away from home, their first time out of the country. They found themselves in faraway places fighting a war that they probably didn't fully understand. As has been said, a rich man's war, but a poor man's fight. And yet at one level, it makes no difference whether they are understood or not. For those heroes whom we honor today all paid the supreme price. Their names carved in the memorial in this church and in many other churches and in countless memorials throughout our country and beyond. In death, they are all equal. In death, they are all noble. It now remains to us, the living, to ensure that their deaths are not forgotten, that their deaths have not been in vain. And the purpose of what we are doing this morning is so that we don't forget what it costs to be free, the liberty that was bought by their lives so that we can meet here this morning. But one year, one day in the year, is not really enough for anything when you think of it. If you eat one day in the year, you will die. If you only work for one day in the year, well, you won't have much of a life. If you only shower one day in the year, well, you get the picture. You get the idea. One day is not enough. We have to continually remember the enormous cost with which our freedom was secured all those years ago. It has been well said that the first duty of government is the defense of the realm. And today we remember, we honor 
those who gave their all in the defense of this realm. And it's up to us, it's up to coming generations to maintain what was so dearly won on land, on sea, and in the air. And as we remember their sacrifice, I wonder what our fallen heroes would make of the tyrannies of political correctness, cancel culture, woke culture, gender confusion, and much more. Is all that what they died for? Did two world wars, did decades of the troubles and so forth happen so that a boy could call himself a girl? Certainly not. Countless human lives were given to ensure the freedom wherein those, those aberrations of human endeavor could develop and grow. Yes, the pendulum has swung too far in one direction. Yet the paradox is this. If our nation is going to get back to what it once was, it's not about taking up arms. It's not about voting the right kind of people in. It's not about legislation or politics, gender or any other sort. It's about remembering God. It's about remembering Jesus Christ and specifically what he, the Son of God, has done for us. It's about trusting him, following him, obeying him, and living for him. God tells us this back in Deuteronomy 8. If you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, you will surely perish. There it is, in black and white. There's no gray there. Let me read this again. If you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, you will surely perish. So this morning, as we remember on this most solemn of days, let's ask ourselves, do we live our lives as if there is no God? Have we forgotten the Lord our God? Are we serving him? Are we serving the Lord Jesus? Or are we serving ourselves? Just who is seated on the throne of our hearts? Whenever we sing that hymn, I surrender all, do we really mean it? Another hymn writer writes this, Time, like an ever-rolling stream, bears all its sons away. They fly, forgotten as a dream, dies at the opening day. 
Those few lines are a very familiar reminder to us that this world is temporary, that it is passing away, and it also reminds us that eternity is forever. We are passing through for a very brief time. And we remember so that we do not forget. What better act of remembrance could we as individuals, as a parish, as a nation have than to obey the words of the prophet Joel when he writes, Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Let us pray. Most holy and righteous God, before whose judgment throne all nations must stand and speak of what was done, hear our prayers today for our defense forces, for veterans, and for those currently serving. We remember with thanksgiving those who gave their lives in the defense of freedom, and ask that we may long remember their supreme sacrifice. May we find in remembrance examples of and motivation to courage and selfless dedication to honor and duty. Gracious God, mold and form the conscience of leaders around the world to your will, and make the day speedily come when the only sound the world can hear is the sweet song of peace. In Jesus' name we pray, who is our peace and our soul's salvation. Amen.